0: Me. we got the to Let's get down to crazy Jimmy. We got myself will we'll we'll take
1: you out to Jimmy Star's Hey ho! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. And boy, do we have a fun show for you guys today! Um, I think you guys are going to have a lot of fun. Before we say hi to anybody, let's first say hi to our cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell.
2: Yeah, I'm excited about um, one of the guests uh, knows all the stars that I used to know from my day. So that should be fun reminiscing and finding his stories out.
1: Absolutely. And and say hi to Astro. Astro,
2: say hi to everybody. Oh, he's falling off. He doesn't have his pillow astro say hi everybody. Hi, hi,
1: <laughs> hi, hi, hi. <laughs> what's up? Chat room is starting to fill up. Hub Reynolds, what's up? Hub Reynolds Jr. Hey, in Hub. the chat room. Cindy Lady Lake's in the chat room. Hi, Teresa Sabin. Um, hope everybody's doing well. So our two guests this week, we have um Julian Schlossberg, um, who's a, a producer who's done like almost everything. And he wrote a new book and he's worked with some big people, which we'll brag about later. And then we have uh Uh, Actor Curry Graham coming on, who's uh, from, actually, if you're young, he won't be from some of your favorite shows, but he was from huge things. If you guys remember, Boston Legal was one of my absolute all-time favorite shows. Murder in the First, Suddenly Susan, which was uh, that show with uh, um, Book Shields, big hit TV show. Anyway, he was a major character on lots of TV shows and movies, and we're going to have him coming on. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So it's a guy's show today.
2: (laughs) A guy's show better than last week. You know, we pulled our show last week. We didn't put it out there because those people were so like, I don't know what they were, but I mean, since when, if you tell a woman she's beautiful, it's offensive? You know why they say it's offensive? Because it's comparing them to an unattractive woman. So by pulling them and saying you're beautiful, it makes the other one feel bad that she's not beautiful and you don't. You know, it's bullshit. It's the same thing about winning awards. Everybody gets a medal if you run a participation run them up. trophy, huh? A participation trophy, right? I mean, it's the same thing with, I mean, how do you not tell a woman she's beautiful when she's beautiful? I don't say it's a compete with unattractive women because you know what? One man's meat, another man's poison. So, some women that I think are beautiful, most men think are beautiful, but not, and a lot of ugly women, men think are gorgeous. So, you know, you can't do that anyway. They were very difficult. And their publicist sent us the most horrendous, horrific uh, uh, message saying how unprofessional we were. And I brought up ageism and heavy people. You know, lady, you should have watched some of our shows to know what we do here. We don't blow smoke up anybody's ass. We don't come off as phony. We shoot from the house with the dog. We tell the truth. And if the truth hurts, what can I tell you? You should have put those two dames broad girls because they got angry that i called them girls because they are women
1: anyway i mean how
2: stupid was that so we pulled that show that show will never be seen by anybody because it was such a bad show you know this is our show the jimmy and ron show we created it and we run it. We control it. We let the guests know what we want to talk about, what we don't want to talk about. That's why we're the number one podcast in the world, because we do it differently than anyone else. Everyone else asks the same questions over and over and over again that you, the viewers, know by heart. On our show, we don't even know the questions we're going to ask. So it's all unscripted unrehearsed it's natural unfiltered unfiltered so it's like we have these people in our house as friends and it's friends coming to visit us now if you can't come and visit us as a friend don't bother coming don't come here with a chip on your shoulder or you're going to outsmart me or outbitch me or outsmart Jimmy don't do that that's not what our show's about our show is about fun friends and good people There's nothing mean here. There's nothing evil here. There's no double entendres here that we don't say outright. If it's there, we say it. I love it. If we like it, we love it. If we don't like it, we don't say anything, because it's better to say nothing than than say something bad. But as far as last week's show goes, you know, it was probably the worst show I have ever been on or the worst interview I have ever done. And I've interviewed the greatest stars of Hollywood, as you all know. And they were charming and gracious and lovely and wonderful. And when Arlene Dahl was on, and I interviewed her, and I said how stunningly beautiful she was with her milk white skin and ruby red hair, she did not get offended. When the show was over, she said, Thank you, Ron. That was a lovely compliment. I said, Arlene, you're beautiful. How could anyone not see that?
1: Anyway, so there we go. We're done. This show's going to be
2: better. So oh, no, no, even Astro. Astro agrees. Even yeah, Astro, Astro agrees.
1: Astro's
2: banging. Astro, no barking. Astro, Astro, come here. No barking today. Oh, it's Alabama not allowed. No, he's moving now, closer the other one west,
1: He's in Alabama. Who? Hub uh, Hubbrun, I think, is moving to Alabama. That's not that close to west there. I don't know. <laughs> that's I'm Alabama kind of bound. bound. That's good for country music, though. I got music, the EBGBs. I'm Alabama a nice new home. bound.
2: Oh, Hub, no. you're putting up a lot of sexy pictures of yourself, and that's good. Because it gets attraction. You know, the women love it. They're all looking at how handsome you are and sexy you are. So do one in like a thong. Do one in a thong. <laughs> I think that might work. And if you really don't have the equipment, just stick a banana in the thong. Nobody will know.
1: Actually, they say he does. He, he tells everybody he does. Well,
2: he says it, but who knows? It's true. I mean, I've heard a lot of he guys
1: says,
2: just brag. wait. <laughs> no, I've heard a lot of guys brag about how hung they were. And then you'd be at a beach club and the country club. They came out of the shower and you look at it, you go, Oh, button, button. Who's got a button? Come on. A lot of men, men. you know, men have, <laughs> no, men have penis br- uh, pride. They all think they're hung. That's hilarious.
1: So, you guys, you can listen to the show <clears throat> weekly. Uh, we're on our home studio station, w4cy.com. We're on from 12 to 2 p.m. Pacific time, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time. You can also hear us on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts. Radio Public, TuneIn, Pandora, and Amazon Prime. Those are the biggest ones. We're on about 150 more. Astro, those are the Astro, ones. Astro, come here. What, what they,
2: Astro. I Astro, love stop it. He does no wrong, but not when we're doing a podcast. Come here, Astro. Astro, you know, people love to walk their dogs on our lawn, which pisses me off because our lawn gets ruined. You know, the dogs pee in the grass and make spots, and they have you can't even go out and tell them, Please don't walk your dog on my lawn because they grab an attitude or oh, they 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 go crazy on you. People are so rude today and mean and uncaring. It's just terrible. I think how how we've lost all of our social etiquettes, all of our kindnesses. You know, curb your dog. We did that all the time on Long Island. We never let our dogs go on anyone's lawn. We curb the dog. I think that's where the expression curb your door comes from. But anyway, I hate to complain and bitch, but the world is such a state today. I mean, you know, China is going to take over America and we're going to have Chinese money and they're going to run the country because the president's afraid to fight with China. What is this crap going on? They're all insane, you know. Everybody in Washington is definitely insane. They're all a bunch of pedophiles, whack jobs, nut jobs, screwballs, cheaters, druggies, weirdos, that we have in office, and not one of them a decent, not a one, Anyway, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Let's keep it going for entertainment. Yes,
2: it's an entertainment show, but we also have a little bit of political crap slipping in because you people have to be aware of the fact that we are in a serious problem in case you're not listening to the news, which is probably half bullshit anyway. Right. Actually,
1: it is. So but, So Sunday, we're going mm-hmm. to see Bang Bang Betty, you guys. It's a red carpet premiere, and some of our new clients at World Star PR are going, and Zach and Zuck. And we had Easter with Zach and Zuck, and and Ron's two beautiful daughters, and we had a great time for Easter. And Walter
2: came, and And uh, uh, then Austin. Called? Austin. Austin and Carl. And Carl. Zach and Walter.
1: Zuck, and Deirdre and Leslie. And then, so the house
2: was filled, filled with young people. And as I spoke, I became invisible because they have no idea what I'm speaking about. I have a certain standard of how I entertain and how I do things. And it's not, these boys don't understand that. They come from, uh, you know, people that- Well, they're 24. They're 24 years old. They're farmers from Pennsylvania. They drink beer and put cans on the furniture.
1: But we had a great time. Don't kid anybody. We had a great time.
2: No, I had a wonderful time. I enjoyed myself because, like I wrote on Facebook, I get tired of always having old bags in the house. You know, it's nice to have young people And then
1: Monday night, we had dinner with BJ Mezik, who's been on the show several times with his wife, Shelly, and we went out to dinner, and then they came over for coffee and dessert. And I posted
2: a picture of her playing a joke on everybody on Facebook, and I said, look, it's Julianne Moore, because I almost fell over dead when I met her. She was absolutely, in person, Julie Ann Moore's double. Her teeth, her smile, her speech, her voice, everything. I just said to her, you have got to be her stand-in because they'll never find a Julianne Moore stand-in that looks better than you do. And she turned out to be one of the nicest people in the world. And of course, her husband, BJ, we know. He's been on the show a few times. And BJ is a regular guy. He's a good guy. he He's a straight shooter. He tells it like it is, he's not Hollywood, you know. Oh, darling, all that bullshit. No, he's a regular person, normal. There are a couple of normal people, you know, in Hollywood. No business, maybe two or three or four, maybe normal ones, the rest are all. Cool, cool. Hilarious. So, I think What, what we're are you going doing to, on the cell phone, Dylan? Uh,
1: well, I want to make sure he's not having a problem getting in because he said he was going to come in a few minutes early and he didn't come in. So, I'm trying to make sure. Well, he maybe he's waiting
2: for me to shut up.
1: No, I see it when they come in. They let oh, me know.
2: So, come on in. Uh, so,
1: in the meantime, let's take a music break, you guys. So, this is uh, Stevie B, you guys. This is his new song. It's called Take It All Back. It's uh, got remixed by DJ Sama. It's got Pitbull. Uh, we're going to play the video for you guys, and then hopefully by that time, we'll be ready to go with our first guest. So enjoy everybody
0: Sweating you like a freshman, does a senior. I couldn't even sleep, waiting for the next day just to see you, girl, just to see and you. When you walk by my heart and skip the beat like a spice CD. I was knee deep in the four that is L O D E. Sprung on this thing, love, oh, damn, she got this Take it all back. Doing all way back time, when the world went so uptight. And I damn, I miss it. I damn, I miss it. We were young, we were wild and free. All I wanted was a move of feet. And I damn, I miss it. I damn, I miss it. Everybody was kept getting down No alarm South static Southeast and summer A little heat to the mix Made dynamite Freestyle was sold It couldn't tell us nothing we we'll put the books Sound of love On the radio
2: to tell you I know the man Stevie besides being a terrific sensational guy I love his music so it makes me happy that I'm able to say I love Stevie's music it makes you want to dance it's fabulous music um he's trying desperately with many others to bring that feeling back to music we need good dance music like we used to have years ago We can't all be stoned and just stand there doing this on the dance floor. That's dull and boring. We want to start to dance again and get with it. Stevie B's wife, who I'm crazy about, they're married for like ever. They have grown children. They have a magnificent home in South America with a swimming pool in the living room. And they also live in- uh, Smile
1: for B. In Florida. Smile for B. Right. Smile for B. What? Smile for B. Oh, smile for B. Hey, B, welcome. (laughs) She says we're a little bit foggy because it's so bright, I guess. I like like being being foggy. You can't
2: see the wrinkles. It looks (laughs) great. Um, Anyway, his wife is terrific. Uh, You know what? I believe if a person is truly, genuinely wonderful, their music shows it. Just like anything you do, if you're a good, kind, nice person everything you do shows it. And also if you're mean and nasty and rotten, doesn't that show also in what you do, your work, your attitude, your thinking, you're mostly negative. If you're um, mean and rotten and nasty, everything in your life is negative and you think negatively. And not me, baby, I like positive. You know, I'm gonna be 83 soon, next month, May. Woo, 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 83, Had this happen? I was just 27 about a month ago. That's hilarious. But the truth is, it is what it is, and we can't change it. So I'm positive about it. Jimmy keeps telling me talk until we get our next guest. No,
1: I'm up. working on it, you guys. I think that we did a test, and I think he's on the test link because he's saying that he's sitting there waiting for us, and Juan's saying he's not here. So I think oh, he's okay. in the test link.
2: Okay. Uh, <laughs> so what am I going to talk about? Let's talk about me. <laughs> I mean... My favorite subject, me. Let's talk about how stunningly gorgeous I am. Thin, built like, better than Hub Reynolds. Got a better body than that fat thing. Anyway, Hub, Hub. And I'm handsomer than Hub, and I'm sexier than Hub. Hub Reynolds thinks who he is. Just because he's tall and got a great body and is gorgeous and all the women go crazy for him, he thinks who he is. But... In my day, Hub, you wouldn't have stood a chance. No, I'm only kidding. I, I really am not a, a narcissistic person. If I was, I would have facelifts. Like I did last, oh yeah, last week, those bitches, they got upset because I talked about ageism. I was talking about I want a facelift. Is that a, a, a subject I'm not allowed to talk about? I was saying that they didn't need a facelift. I said I needed the facelift. And they got upset. That was an ageist. What, what's ageist? The truth is, look at these friggin' puppet lines. Look, I get rid of the puppet lines in the neck. Look, why shouldn't I look like this? Now to- B should take a picture. B, Astro's
1: running around someplace. He's in the window watching people walk by so he can bark and ruin the show. I mean,
2: look at that. What's wrong? I, mean, I, I said it. I'm going to crazy glue my fingers to my face like this. I mean, what's wrong with looking this way instead of looking that way uh. so there you go so jimmy where is this guy uh we're working on it we're working on
1: hey what's his first name his first name is julian julian move
2: it baby let's go shake yeah, a leg can you guys hear Oh, there he is hey
3: julian <laughs> this is fantastic i want you know you guys are young you're just too young i'm i'm too old for this i've been trying to get in there since uh noon but here I am.
2: So how? Hey. So how, how old are you? I'll be eighty-two. Yeah, well, I'm eighty-three in May. I'm older than you, and I do this crap every Yeah, but week. he doesn't log in. <laughs> I'm
1: here for two hours. Every I told week. that. Wait, I told everybody. I bet you went to the test link, right?
3: Of course. Yes. You told I, everybody I, correctly, uh, and you, Ron Russell, no Jane Russell. I knew Jane really well. That's how I,
2: that's why my name is Russell. I took it when I was 16 years old because, 19, uh, because they said to me, my ethnic name, my real name was too Italian and no one would remember it. And they said, do you have another name that you could use? And I said, yes, my idol. And they said, who was that? And I said, Jane Russell. You well, know, I just seen her with Marilyn in Gentlemen for Blondes. So I said, I'm going to be Ron Russell. And I became Ron Russell. The best wow was, you know, Jane and I hung out. When we went out, they'd say, Mr. Russell, your wife, because they thought that Jane Russell and
3: Ron Russell were married. I did a a film with her, Ron. I did a film with her where she was wonderful. Which film? film Hollywood Uncensored. Okay. And we talked to her about the outlaw and and, uh, how Hughes had this famous bra that he designed and everything. And uh, she was terrific to talk to, really very forthcoming, and of course, as you know, she did gentlemen prefer brunettes after blondes, which was a bomb of bombs. Because, how would you start? <laughs> Wait, we
1: need to introduce it oh, before we do oh, all oh, of this. Okay. Hang on, hang on. First, Julian, let me ask you a question Are you on a laptop?
3: No, I'm Who on a, a computer. A, uh, did you
1: a- come down some so that we can move your head a little bit more to the middle of the screen, or no? Sure, you- I'll
3: try. Hmm, that's oh, the right okay, way. Ah, there
2: because some of our viewers want more head.
1: There we go. <laughs>
3: Those are my kind of viewers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Now we want to... Int- wait, let me introduce you. I'm excited. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, world-renowned producer and now author, Julian Schlossberg. Hello and welcome to the show. We're so happy to have
3: you. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It's a, it's a pleasure. Okay, so you guys... Have been, go ahead, Ron. Gentlemen prefer brunettes. Jane and I discussed over and over
2: again. She didn't want to do it. Hughes insisted she do it because he felt that, you know, Marilyn Monroe was not the star of Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. It was Jane Russell starring in in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes with Marilyn Monroe. But the press ran with it was a Marilyn Monroe film, which it really was not. Jane couldn't have cared less. Uh, She wasn't that way, as you know. She wasn't about stardom at all. And you said to her, We're going to do another film where you're going to be the star and it's going to put the other movie away. And Jane said it'll never happen. She said, Blondes is a once in a million movie. That's and right. And it it's was. Brun- brunettes never made it. Brunettes was terrible. I didn't even
1: know there was a brunette. Yes,
2: one. she did it with uh, what's her name? Gene Jean Crane. Gene Crane. Yeah, yeah, Jeannie Crane, who she liked a lot, but she said terrible casting. Jeannie Crane is the furthest thing from a, a, an accomplice, like Marilyn was. Anyway, you just had this thing about Jane's boobs. Jane Russell, I asked her on my interview, which is on YouTube, Jane, what size bra were you in 1940? And she said a 36B. That's all she was, was a 36B. And they made her out to be a 42 Triple D with cannons, with these rockets. <laughs> She never had a huge bust at all. Her bust was very, she had a lot of bust under her armpits. So when she leaned forward, that flesh came forward and her bust looked huge. But Jane standing straight up, here's a story, true story. And then I'll give you the floor. We're floor, floor. We're We're in my house in Florida and I'm taking Jane with to a uh an award she's getting at the Cinema Paradiso Theater. And Jane is in the guest room dressing and she comes into the living room and I looked at her. I said, Jane, what happened to your tits? She said, What are you talking about? I said, Your tits are down here like an old lady. Tighten up the bra, jack up that bra. She said, I got it up as high as it goes, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> so I yelled to my daughter Leslie. I said, Leslie, do you have anything you could give Jane Russell to lift those bazooms? She's famous for her boobs. Here they are, like old lady tits. So she she took everything, by the way, with a grain of salt. She had a wonderful sense of humor. She loved that audacity of me. My audacity was her favorite thing. So my daughter gave her a a brown push-up bra that my daughter still has to this day that she said she will never give up. And Jane's boobs were nice and pointy and upright. I said, now your boobs are nice. I said, you can't, you're Jane Russell. She said, I don't want to be known for my boobs anymore. I'm an old lady, leave me alone. I said, shut up and get in the limo. Let's go. I mean, I said, we were tough. Dude. I used to smack her in the ass sometimes. I'd say, come on, Russell, move it. And she'd say to her pian- pianist, Peter, Peter, look how he talks about, me. look how he treats me.
1: So hang on. So, first of all, Julian, we miss, have a chat room miss, starting uh, to fill up with people. Say hi to everybody in the yeah. chat room.
3: Well, hello, everybody in the chat room.
1: Um, they're already, like, loving it. and But I
2: miss Jane all the time. I do tributes to her on her birthday and on her death day because I promised her, as long as I'm alive, I will keep her name alive. I love and adore that woman. She was a great, she was a bitchy, snotty woman sometimes. She could be nasty. But okay. most of the time, she was wonderful. Your story. No, no, no
1: I'm going to tell. I'm going to talk. Well, I want his story. I'm going to talk. Jane. So, first of all, you guys. Um, Julian has a book, and we're going to specifically talk about yeah, it. We'll get about- there. Just wait a no, second. Wait, let me, please let me talk. No, I'm not
2: going to let you
1: talk. No, no, no. No, anyway, no, 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 Gag,
2: no, you're not going <laughs> to no, talk. No, anyway, listen. Let him talk about finish the I,
1: Jane episode. No, no, no I want to. You can't go to... I'm play. bragging about him. We'll Hold brag on.
2: after he talks about... People want to know his story about Jane. <laughs> he made a movie with Jane. We'll, we'll get to it. No,
1: we're going to get it, to that. No, you
2: can't go come back and go back. I want right. to
1: tell people that we are going to be talking about his book. It's called Try Not to Hold It Against Me, A Producer's Life. And I want to brag for him first because people need to know what royalty he actually well, is. Let
2: them get to you know who he is. And we'll They're get the bullshit to. after. No, all. it's not
1: bullshit. This is real stuff. So it's these all are bullshit. some of the
2: people. It's Hollywood bullshit.
1: These are all the people that, that Julian has worked with, entertained, partied with, done all kinds. This isn't all of them. This is a list of ones that everybody will know. And I will raise my hand Jack if I Nicholson, know them. Jane Fonda, George Burns, Shirley MacLaine, Anthony Hopkins, Bob Hope, Angela Lansbury, Betty Davis, Dustin Hoffman, Clint Eastwood. Bruce Springsteen, I love that. Mia Farrow, Woody Allen, Burt Reynolds, Alfred Hitchcock, Twiggy, Peter Falk, Elaine May, Barbara Streisand, and then I read that you even testified against the Beatles, which I don't know what you had testified about them for, but just the fact that you would like, that means you knew them somehow. <laughs> so congratulations on all that. See how of you that. got
2: lost on that whole bit. I didn't get lost. You got lost on it. I didn't get lost. What well, we were talking about? Jane was life. I know.
3: finished. Please. Here's my, here's my feeling. You guys don't need a guest. You don't need guests. No, we fight. <laughs> I could watch you guys all day. I'm, I feel I'm interrupting. It's not fair. No, 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 no,
2: I'm fighting for you because I want, listen, if there's a Jane Russell story out there, I don't know.
3: It is important for me to know. I can't. I would imagine, Ron, you do know, but it was just how how she was. She never expected the outlaw to do what it did. She couldn't believe what had happened, and she was, you know, she as you know, she had a religious feeling about religion and was very dedicated with that. And it was just nice chatting with her. I was glad that I got to know her and that I got her on film. I think I don't know if anyone would buy it these days, but at one time it was called Hollywood Uncensored, and. What You guys may remember that the original King Kong got censored because when the big ape held that lady, Faye Ray, in his arms, he started peeling off her clothes. And they didn't like that, so they took that out. So we kind of put everything that was taken out of movies that we could get to be put back in, and that some of the outlaw was the same. That's why we interviewed her. It was only her cleavage because she said,
2: the camera was there in front of her, and they said, lean over and put the blanket over what's-his-name, and she did. And that was it. Everybody went nuts because they saw four inches of cleavage. As Jane said on my interview, she said, and today they show
3: cleavage in the back, and it's okay. <laughs> that's, well, you guys remember we went through the bullet bra period when all the oh, actresses yeah. had to wear the bullet bras. I mean, it was absurd, but that's a... We're a mammary cl- country in some ways.
2: Well, no, it's, <laughs> no, it, don't forget, don't forget. It's that was the, a joke. It's <laughs> the first thing a man puts in his mouth is a breast. Remember that.
3: It's true. It's true. And he
2: never forgets. So wait, and so what's the, what the Even though year. he may
3: want to forget. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> now you're Jewish, I could
3: tell. Yeah, yeah. It, I, yeah I didn't hide it well. Yeah. No. So am That's I. So do I hide it well? Well, Russell will help. How about Ken Russell? Remember him? Who? Ken Russell? Ken Ken? Russell. The director. Women in Love, Listomania, Tommy, all these... Oh, oh, okay.
2: Okay. Yes, yes.
3: yes, (laughs) English English fellow. English chap, as they say. remember Russell's
2: not my real name. I know. um, I wanted to make sure, though. what what, what,
3: (laughs) What did you think of Betty? I knew Betty pretty well. I, I didn't know her well, but I, I spent some time with her. I thought she was terrific. I, she was feisty. She was smart. And she took on the studios. She was one of the few actresses that took on the studios and Jack Warner. A lot of people don't know that. She walked out. She went to England. She made a couple of movies, and they had to get her back. No, she was a tough cookie, and I liked her a lot. But I was I, I would never call. Like you had a real friend with Jane. I, I just was a... Uh, Kind of a, I met her once or twice, and that was it.
2: No, but I was in Betty's company a lot of times, and the thing that I loved most about Betty was she cursed a lot, and I found <laughs> fuck was fuck was one of her favorite words. You know, they all thought she was the great lady in like in our voyage or this wonderful, a- absolutely fabulous spoken woman. In real life, she was a tough broad from Connecticut. She was a yank, and you couldn't pull any shit off with her. She let you have it right between the eyes. And she came into our a showroom on Robertson Boulevard, a wallpaper showroom. And she came in, she was walking up and down the street and just wandered in. And I had known her already. And she was surprised that it was our salon. And she, uh, we ordered a toilet seat for her. And it was a, a padded toilet seat foam and it matched the wall covering. And she said, oh, I love this toilet seat. She said, now I'll be comfortable when I sit there reading scripts. <laughs> And you know what she'd say after that, because you know today's news is tomorrow's toilet paper. <laughs> and she always had a whimsical remark to say. But the thing I found fascinating about her was a cocktail party up at her apartment on Havenhurst. I looked at her and I said, "Betty, it's amazing how you can inhale a cigarette and down a gulp of scotch, and the smoke <laughs> comes out." She said, oh, "I forgot. Oh, I forgot to die. Oh my God, I'm losing my mind." What did she say to me? Something, something like takes talent something like that with a, with a whimsical remark but it's true betty was a fabulous lady but just don't mess with her she would be she could turn on you in a minute if you didn't treat her well
3: well uh, certainly you and i did treat her well
2: oh i did because i thought she was fabulous and i loved her you know so hey i'm going to go back so
1: cuz cuz you so you produced documentaries and movies um because That's... i've seen, I actually seen one of your movies so some of the documentaries we already talked about Um, Hollywood Uncensored, you did a, you you produced- I
2: remember Hollywood Uncensored.
1: Another one called Going Hollywood, the 1930s. Then we had Hollywood Ghost Stories. Then we had Going Hollywood, the War Years. Then you did a video anthology for Bruce Springsteen, which I love Bruce Springsteen. That's like a, like a big for my like high school days growing up. He was huge. Um, but then I, and then you also did a documentary on, uh, Elia Kazan, a director's journey. And the line team, the Al Hirschfeld he like,
2: story. Eli, like, not Elliot. Eli. Like.
3: Elia.
1: It's Elia. Because How do you say his name? Elliot.
3: You actually, Elliot. Say, actually, you say Elia. Elia. Okay, Elia Kazan. You hit the E. You hit the E.
1: And I actually have seen the movie Widow's Peak that you did with Mia Farrow, Natasha Richardson, Joan Plowright, Plowright and Jim Broadbent. And then you did a film, and he likes all these people, so I want to mention it. It's called In the Spirit with Jeannie Berlin, Peter Falk, Olympia. Oh, Hukakis, my God, Melanie Griffith, her. Elaine May, and Marlo Thomas, which I don't know who Elaine May is, so who's Elaine, Elaine
2: May? Elaine May was married to, uh, what's his name, the other comedian, and they were, they were a they, team. They were,
3: they were, Ron, they weren't married, but they were a great team, Mike Nichols and Elaine Mike May. Mike
2: Nichols and Elaine May, and Elaine May is the mother of my buddy, who I love, Berlin. I love her.
3: Jeannie, yes. Yeah, Jeannie,
2: I love, Jeannie I love Jeannie Berlin. She's as "Crazy as alone," and I adore her. Yeah. I have, ha- I've had the best times with Jeannie Berlin.
3: The oh, best. I have to tell her that I'll be talking to her today because, please, uh,
2: please, uh, yeah, please
3: do. Uh, I I've done a lot of Broadway and off Broadway plays, almost forty or fifty of them, and oh, Jeannie wow. and, and and Elaine have been in in a couple of them, and uh, it's a. Uh, I think all three of us have something in common. We love the business we're in and how wonderful that we've been able to make a living and enjoy uh, the probably some of the most exciting people we've ever met are in the business we're in. It's not easy. That's not an easy thing to find. You know, uh, I once said to Elaine, you know, I know comedy is hard. She said, no, being interesting interesting is hard.
2: That's hard. You're right. You're right. Now, listen, I wrote a movie that I'm looking cuz Laney Kazan was going to do it and unfortunately laney has got some complications now uh, anyway we 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 can't use Laney. I need a wife she has to be Jewish it's 1943 I, I have the perfect person oh, Renee. Renee Renee Taylor I love Renee I know Renee well um it should be be playing my wife it's a grueling it'll be a grueling uh film she's on camera practically
3: every scene in the film. So I don't know that Renee can handle it. I just did a one-person show with Renee all over the United States called My Life on a Diet. At 90 years old, she can take us on, Ron.
2: No, I know. I saw that show in Pennsylvania, and I was with Joe Bologna in the Wings for two hours talking about how he was going to be a priest. Uh, No, I I know her uh, for a long time, Renee, and uh, Fran Drescher, they're all in that thinking. But I was thinking of Ginny uh, Berlin, because okay. I she could be, here's what it is, the woman is a, is a bookie married to me, a mafia guy, and we go out to kill the Nazis that are trying to blow up the Brooklyn Navy Yard. Okay, it's a very interesting film how we do it. But I need a woman who is Brooklyn ethnic speaking, because the dialogue is, and you'll appreciate the humor, it's all Yiddish humor. Like right. one scene is Jerry the Jew comes up there to sell her a dress. And he says, darling, I got it at Bergdorf. I stole it. You shouldn't tell anybody, but it's a good deal. I, they, they go for $8 at Bergdorf. I'll sell it to you for three. You're robbing me, but I'll give. And she said, $3. When you see diamonds on it, I'll give you two. <laughs> so you know what I mean? That's the kind of humor that Laney, I wrote it with Laney. I love Laney. Laney and I are dear friends for 100 years. And I wrote it for Laney in Mind. I like Jeannie Berlin. I love I love Jeannie. <laughs> I love Jeannie. I've never met her. I don't know her. When you talk to Jeannie, say the last time I saw her was with Joe and Renee at, what's his name's play, uh, the, the fat comedian, that Dom DeLuise, the Dom DeLuise event. I sat with Renee and Joe
3: and, and Jeannie. Jeannie. I love it. I love it. So do you like doing plays more or movies more? Cause you've done, um, you, you know, the nice thing about doing a play is you have a little more control than absolutely. you do. You're on one location. You don't have to be worried about the setup. You don't have to, you're just in a place where you can also have four weeks of rehearsal. So, you know, in a film, you got that train starts and you're not controlling it. You're holding on, but you're not controlling it. So as a producer and a guy who likes to be hands-on, I do like theater better. Uh, Of course, film, you can make more money, but that's never been my problem. I've never made that much.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, there's no... I've been on the boards, and let me tell you something. There's nothing like it. Uh, I used to have 350 people, because I I impersonated Jane Russell, believe it or not. There was a day I did. I was was an illusionist, never a drag queen. It was an act. I sang and danced and did jokes. And... I would have an audience of 350, 400 people for dinner shows throughout the United States. And the feeling that when you want to hit the button and get that laugh out there, and they laugh when you hit the button, is the best feeling in the world. There's nothing like it. Film, I hate film. I do a lot of movies. But it's like, what? I don't even know what I'm doing half the time.
3: Well, and as (laughs) you know, you don't shoot in sequence most of the time. So so Mm -hmm. he's... Very hard to know what you're doing half the time. Right. But I've been very fortunate because I've worked with the best comics, com- comedy writers, Larry Gelbart, Neil Simon, Woody Allen, Elaine May, oh. Mike, all these, Ethan Cohn, yes. even even David Mamet. So it, that that's kind of my bent, Jimmy, when you asked the question when we both were much younger.
2: Yeah. The best. <laughs> See, now, now th- I, I should be like being nice to you now. blowing smoke up your ass so you'll give me a part in a Broadway show. But I can't do that. I can't ask you. You know why?
3: And I would prefer not to have smoke up my ass.
2: Wait a minute. <laughs> hey, listen. You know why I won't smear you or ask you because why? I don't remember lines.
3: I can <laughs> never
2: remember my lines on stage. I'm 83. You're lucky I remember in a movie. So well, you in-
3: we are articulate. So you so you know how to talk extemporaneously. Clearly,
2: I can no speak up a that. storm, but I can't remember jack shit.
3: Yeah, but on the other hand, as you know, in film, we can hold the card up, give you a teleprompter. Yeah. We can do a lot of things. Yeah, and He's film, fine with that. In but, film, but he can when, do it. But
2: when you're on stage, there's no no, no
3: You can't mess around there. It, that's can't. what I'm
2: saying. So I, if you offered me a part on the boards, I'd have to decline and say, I'm sorry.
3: Well, don't in the hell with the smoke. smoke. I don't want any smoke.
2: No, I said, <laughs> that, I said that to Jane, you know. I said to Jane, Jane, I could get you in a couple of movies. Why don't you do a movie? And she said to me, no. I said, why? She said, because I can't remember lines, Ron. <laughs> and she couldn't either. You know, you get to well, an I, age where they just don't
3: I don't want to say the names because it wouldn't be nice, but we have a lot of actors right now who can't, and they're yes. still shooting. He but, says their all
2: the time. <laughs> I know who they are. <laughs> Robert De Niro.
3: I'm not going to say who they are. I'll leave well, that to you.
2: I'm, I'm going to say Robert De Niro. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp all the time because he doesn't like to read, read scripts or rehearse or learn lines. The other one, the, 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 the Italian. Uh,
1: Eric Roberts doesn't
2: remember. Eric Robert Roberts Harris. always uses an earplug. Uh, I know all. Oh, There's a whole bunch of What's them. his name? They just gave him a million dollars. They put him in. He's got Alzheimer's. Oh, Bruce Willis. Uh, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. And they put him in a movie. Bruce didn't even know where he was. And they were feeding him his lines and his earplug, and he got a million bucks. I thought, wow, hasn't the business changed? It's
3: a nice way to make a living, I guess. Yeah, you bet, yes.
2: you bet your buns on that one.
1: So, uh, so wait, uh, I want to talk. So, so you have a book because, like, I want to play the little trailer in a minute for everybody. The book is called "Try Not to Hold It Against Me: A Producer's Life." So, how'd you come up with the title, and what's the title? So, what does that mean? Try not to hold it against me.
3: Well, you know, when you work as I have with controversial people for different reasons, there are always gonna be people who say, Well, why are you working with him Well, why did you do that? Um, I met we mentioned Elia Kazan was my mentor, and Elia Kazan was probably one of the only directors who excelled in both film and theater, as you guys know. Um and, and the original director on Broadway of Streetcar named Desire of Death of a Salesman of All My Sons, but in film, you know, on the waterfront and facing the crowd, so much stuff. But he did name names during the McCarthy period. There's no question he did. As did Jerome Robbins, Lee J. Cobb, Clifford Odets, and a lot of other people. Waterfall. But he Yeah, so it was never a good time. So Kazan is one reason. I also um worked with a fellow named Alan Klein. Alan Klein was the man who was the manager and producer of both the Rolling Stones and the Beatles, and a very controversial figure, and that's how the Beatles story got into the book, which I'll tell you, Jimmy, if we don't run out of time. Okay. The other couple of people, well, there's uh, Woody Allen. I've produced most of his plays, and, of course, he's quite controversial these days. I consider him one of the great artists of the 20th century. And very few people have done what he did, write and direct a movie every year. It's extraordinary, extraordinary. And on top of that, as far as I'm concerned, you know, uh, only one person in the world knows the truth, and it's Woody, not the little girl, nobody else. And finally, uh, there was a rock and roll promoter in Buffalo. If Sinatra or the Stones came to America, he, even in Buffalo, would be one of the five or six promoters who would present it. His name was Harvey Weinstein.
2: Oh, and he came, I know came <laughs> and, he,
3: and, he, and he came to me to learn the movie business. And I taught him the film business. He was a smart, articulate, funny guy from the hood. But as I write in the book, Jimmy and Ron, I said I never expected him to reach the heights he reached or the depths he sunk to. So with those names involved, from Woody to Weinstein, the Klein to Gazan, uh, there were reasons for people to not hold it against me. You know, didn't want them to hold it against me.
1: Oh, I think. I mean, those are your life
3: why
2: experiences. Would anybody, listen, why would talent be so um, suppressed? This is my feeling. They're suppressing talent. They're not letting the talent come forward. They're coming forward with bullshit. Harvey, I knew from the Friars Club in Beverly Hills. Saul Lux was a member, and he used to bring me there. Saul Lux is a very good friend. Was, he's dead now. And,
1: Do you know who oh, Saul Lux is?
2: No, no, but he—he he was oh. a urologist. A, a oh. <laughs> he was a big, no, he was a big, he was a big Beverly Hills urologist and one of my dearest friends. His wife Barbara and I were in business together, Barbara Lux. Um, he was Sorry. probably one of the nicest people you ever want to meet. Harvey was Harvey. I didn't find him to be objectionable. So what if he got a little sleazy? So everybody did. <laughs> I hate to tell you, Milton Berle chased me. Oh, I shouldn't say that. Anyway, um, a lot of people out there were, were were hitting on each other back in those days. You know why? Because in our business, we couldn't go out of our business to have sex because the word would get out. So everybody, look, if somebody had gonorrhea, 100 people in the business had gonorrhea, and each one <laughs> would tell the other one, don't go with that one. That one had gonorrhea. So it was a family of peak whatever.
3: Anyway. To... I'm, I'm really ever interested in you guys because I've never gone on a show that within the first half hour we've discussed it gonorrhea, we've discussed <laughs> it memories, we've discussed the things that no one else. i I'm I'm wait impressed.
2: wait wait do we wait where me, do we where discuss, discuss do this, where do we discuss the size of your penis? <laughs> <laughs> so what I want to do is I want to ask Julian. I feel like I know you. Have I ever met you? Have we ever met?
3: I think if we had met Ron, it would have been dangerous.
2: Dangerous. We would have remembered each other.
3: Because, Absolutely. Because did, no you
2: know, did you know Shelley Winters?
3: I, de- I know. She did my show. I had a radio show for nine years. She did my show, but I didn't know her. And she was very unhappy when she came on and, and left pretty unhappy, too. She was doing the Marx Brothers, of, of, of Minnie, Minnie's Boys on Broadway, right, about right? the Marx Brothers. And she was going through a bad period. So, no, I never did know her, Ron. Yeah, but I, was, I think if you and I met, we would be still talking.
2: Yes. Well, I mean, this we would have met thirty, forty years ago. I had black hair and I was we both were the same age. We I'm only That's a true. year older than you are. So we must have traveled to San Diego to Brooklyn. Yeah, I'm from Brooklyn. You know, so we must Bronx,
3: And I'm a Bronx guy. So <laughs> we're
2: the Bronics, and I'm Brooklyn. So hang
1: on. So, so first of all, tell everybody, uh, we're going to play the trailer. I'm going to let you introduce the trailer in one second. But the book, you guys, it's called Try Not to Hold It Against Me, A Producer's Life. Where is it available? Where does everybody well, go it's to not, get
3: it? It's actually, it's, uh, we, it was very exciting for me, Jimmy and Ron, because frankly, I'm not a public name. I mean, you know, people in the business know me, but the sure. public doesn't. And they put the book out on January 31st, and it sold out, the first printing, a couple of thousand books. So uh, the next one, printing, took a couple took a couple of months. <laughs> I think the publisher was shocked. What? What? We don't have any more books. So <laughs> anyhow, it's, not, it's available now on Amazon. It's actually this Saturday, two days from now, three days from now, it's it's being published again, the second Uh, publication but guys yeah the 15th april 15th that's
2: awesome listen listen tease me let me hear a little
3: about it give me a little about the book well i like when the the people say to me ron um how how how, what is it about and i'll generally say well it's about 340 pages you know (laughs) (laughs) of what of what i it's a memoir it's a memoir of well you know what Jimmy, this is a great cue for the trailer, right?
1: Okay, so you introduce the trailer and we're going to play it for everybody. Juan, you key it up and we're going to nope. play the Julian's In- Watchbook trailer, but you introduce
2: it. Okay, so I want you should send me a book. Would you send me one for free?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely will. But here's the uh, Sign be. it. S- sign it for me. Well, I wouldn't send it without that. Good, <laughs> you know. Well,
1: Julian, you introduce the trailer. Let's get everybody to watch it. Let's and then wait
2: a sec. After I read the book, we'll have you back on and the two of us could critique the
3: book. Well, that, that would be, listen, we could, you what know, what I, one? you guys will love this. I got my friends to go to Sardi's and I had F. Murray Abraham, Tony Roberts, Lila Robbins, and Marlo Thomas all read chapters from the book and I did too. So that kind of launched the book and that was kind of exciting for me. Um, I, You know, Jimmy, I'm trying to figure out how to, in, I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to introduce the trailer. I made well, it six months ago. I made it six months ago.
1: Yeah, I'm Julian Schlossberg, and here's the trailer for my new book called- that,
2: that, A new book that you should read if you want to know about Hollywood.
1: There you go. Yeah. Something like and that.
2: And theater. Go and theater. No, and, go for it. it. Don't use
1: what I said. say what I said. And, you go. Know, oh, and you know,
2: Julian, I, 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 wish love I, were, I wish I were you because you're so- I, I miss New York terribly. I'm not a Californian. You know, I don't like it out here. And I wish I could be like you, in with all those people that you're in with in New York, because they're valuable. The people I'm in with out here are all nuts.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I have to say the people in New York are not exactly sane either, Ron. No,
2: know? but they, they hold it
3: together better. But I'll tell you this much. They <laughs>
2: have
3: a better intellect. I would say yes. that, by and large. And he
1: know? likes New York nuts better than California like I like, nuts, the, I like the
2: chic of New York, the smart of New York. And New York still has class. California never had class, and now it has less than class. New York still has cocktail parties where people know how to behave. So hold on. You
3: you remember what Fred Allen said about California? He said, "Many." Allen, he said, "Fred Fred Allen said L.A. is a great place to live if you're an orange." <laughs>
1: exactly.
3: <laughs> exactly.
1: All right, Julian, go ahead. Introduce it for us. You can. Oh, do I, it.
3: I loved. I like what you said, Jimmy. But I was much younger. Let's see. I'm Julian Schlossberg, and I want to show you a trailer of a book that I've just written, and I think you're going to like it, at least the book.
1: There you go. And what's the name of the book?
3: Try Not to Hold It Against Me, A Producer's (laughs) Life.
1: All right, take it away, Juan.
3: All these plays you were viewing, all these TV specials, and all these movies and many more I produced. I'm Julian Schlossberg. You may not know what a producer is, but every project in show business has a producer. Every movie, every play, every TV show, every song. So what does a producer do? Well, a real producer finds the project, hires the director, raises the money, is involved in the casting, and in charge of the ad campaign, the publicity, and the marketing. I produced for Matthew Broderick, Mike Nichols, Elaine May, Alan Arkin, Sid Caesar, Richard Dreyfuss, Peter Falk, Woody Allen, Vanessa Redgrave, and Orson Welles. And in my book, Try Not to Hold It Against Me, of Producer's Life, I describe the pain, the frustration, and the joy of producing. I produced, so far, over 60 movies, plays, and TV specials and then finally wrote this book. I hope that for anyone interested in show business, the secrets revealed in Try Not to Hold It Against Me will surprise and entertain and will not be held against me.
1: Well, Hey! Oh, I, had the, I had your website at the end,
3: too, com. Oh, thank you. Like, Ron, I, I want to tell you both, Jimmy and Ron, that uh, you may remember there was a great film, the comic team of Olsen and Johnson. Oh, you I love Olsen and Johnson. Are you kidding? I, oh, them I love them too. And, and Jimmy, if you don't know who they were, it was kind of like a- a copy, to- a, kind of an Abbott and Costello. Okay. And, and that guy, the Costello guy, was Chick Johnson. And okay. in this movie, Hell's a Pop, and he's on the stand, and he's being cross-examined by a tough prosecutor. He says, remember, anything you say can be held against you. And he jumps up and goes, Marlena Dietrich. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wasn't their movie called
3: Ghostbusters? Or uh, I know Hell's a Poppin' is one, but didn't yeah, they have yeah, one yeah, Ghostbusters? I think you're right. Yes, I do. But I think Hell's a Poppin' was their big one. And they you remember Jerry, remember Jerry Lewis tried to take it as a Broadway play, and he right. closed it out of town. He couldn't do it at all. But it was a funny, funny, a funny thing. I'm, I'm a, I'm going to tell you the Beatles story. But if I keep telling these stories, you have no point in just, buying the book.
1: <laughs> just give us the Beatles one, and then we'll talk not about the book, but about some other things in your career.
2: Now I want to oh, talk okay. about. We had to have met because when I lived in Manhattan, I would go to everything that was valuable to go to. So
3: what maybe, years? Were you, what years were you there, Ron?
2: I lived on seventy fifth and third. From 1975, I
3: believe, till maybe 84. You know what's interesting? I would have thought you would have been one of the listeners to my show because those were the years I was on those nine, all of the 70s. I don't know why, but
2: for what some, was the name of your show?
3: Uh, Julian Schlossberg's Movie Talk was on WMCA. On WMCA, you know, you
2: know it, the fog is starting to lift. I thought I knew something about you. The more you're we talking, I, I think I remember that.
3: It, wouldn't it be funny if you were on the show and we both forgot? No,
2: no, no. I, I was not on the show, but I think I remember the
3: show. It was on from 8 to midnight.
2: Did, you know, did you know Christopher Every week? every no, day, every Sunday, every Sunday.
3: Every, every Sunday, Sunday night. Okay. Did you know
2: Christopher Walken? I,
3: I don't know him, no. I've met him, but I don't know him.
2: I'm trying to get the connection. There's got to be. Did you know Perry Winkler or Lee Winkler of
3: Global Enterprises? You know, so far I'm I'm really scoring a big zero. I, I don't. I don't. Uh,
2: how about Georgia Georgie Klinger, Georgiana ha, 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 ha. Georgiana the producer? You must know Georgia
3: Georgian. Uh George, George. Yeah, I I don't I don't. Oh, she I mean, does all the know, English. It Sounds Col- to me like I'm a reg- I'm, I could be a fraud. I
2: could you be no, of- no, no, no. The only people that we do know is Renee Taylor. Oh, I know Sharon. Renee.
1: Who's the lady who? Who's your friend? Uh, the lady who did the, the that won the Tony Award. That won a Tony Award. Yeah. Oh, Cheetah Rivera. No, not Cheetah Rivera. Your friend who like financed it and they won a Tony Award. Like we when she came on. I Oh, 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 friend, friend, bizarre,
2: friend, bizarre. Friend bizarre.
1: No. Francine okay, Bizarre. that's okay. So we're not going to worry about how you guys don't know each other. It's amazing. Wanna,
2: it's amazing. Because I want to hear that. First of all,
1: hit. I uh, that you I love your book trailer, and I love the fact that now I forget Vanessa Redgrave. I mean, those are like those love are like her. those are like the people who are like royalty, like royal. I mean, yeah. I mean, the people that you've worked with, they're like ho- like young people nowadays probably don't even know who they are, but that's like royalty in Hollywood.
3: Yeah, and and you know, it's it's so interesting to me because so many people talk in terms. Uh, of harvey weinstein and much less myself about hollywood we're not hollywood i mean we may make films in hollywood but we are new yorkers i mean uh, that's what he grew up in the streets i grew up in the streets woody grew up in the streets i mean most of the people in new york uh went to hollywood to make a movie but ran back to, to new york my yeah, near- I'm going really back.
2: Yeah, he wants to go back too. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. telling we're moving back. I'm not staying. I'm not gonna croak out here, buddy. I'm gonna die in Red Hook where I came from. Red oh. Hook. I right, that- King- right near
3: Kingston, right near Kingston.
2: That's my little town, Red Hook. Oh but, uh, you're how not
3: too you? you're not too far from me. Go ahead, I Jim.
1: I was a big fan. I'm a big Peter Falk, Columbo fan. As a matter of fact, I've been looking for like old action figures of his on eBay because I collect action figures. Um, but like, how was Peter Falk? Because like, I'm a huge Peter Falk fan.
3: I-, I loved working with Peter. I did a few things with him. He called me one day and he said, uh, would you come to, m- I'm going to come to New York and I want to see this play called Orphans. Uh, they want me to come and replace uh, John Mahoney, who was playing it. And mm-hmm. I- we went to see it and I thought it was really good. And Peter is very much like the character Columbo. It's not a huge jump. He'd say, a, uh, a, a Julian, uh, what do you think? <laughs> you know, he 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 was just that way. And I said, okay, Pete, we'll talk soon. He said, yeah, yeah, one more thing. Just one. I mean, really, that raincoat. Just like Columbo. Is his, his raincoat. That is his raincoat. That, that was his raincoat. But Peter was terrific to work with, and while he didn't come to New York, he ended up doing Orphans in L.A. and San Francisco. Um, I I was very fortunate to be friendly with all three of the guys, uh, Ben Gazzara and John Cassavetes. I I love Ben Gazzara. uh, And I represented John um, on his films, because he owned a lot of his own films, you know, Faces, Shadows, The Killing of a Chinese Bookie, and Opening Night, and The Beautiful One. Woman Under the Influence with Jenna Rollins, who was nominated. On-
2: she lived here in Palm Springs, you know, not far from where we live now. We're in Palm okay. Springs, by the way. And yeah. uh, she lived right down the to, to uh, communities down. And I would see her from time to time. I never spoke to her because she seemed to always be getting in and out of a car quickly. But um, I believe- loved, loved Jenna Rollins, loved
3: her. Yeah. And, and you Orson know worked with why not why not uh, why not consider uh, living be bi-coastal get out get out of new york in the winter and be in palm springs that's Then
2: what he, that's what he wants once i get planted back in new york you know barbara rosenblatt with one t canter rosenblatt's niece
3: no but i know if we keep doing this we're gonna find somebody
2: no if you don't <laughs> you, you must know barbara rosenblatt she was in secret garden she played uh the the housekeeper.
3: I I don't know her, no. Jesus, we're
2: missing something. I know so many people in New York. We've got to hit one.
3: Oh, well, we we said Jeannie Berlin, and she's moved to New York, so she's here now.
2: Yeah, but she was never never my friend. She was a person I know. There's a difference between no friend and
3: met. Oh, I would say it. But, of course, in our business, everybody's a friend.
2: Exactly. (laughs) Uh, I, I I make it very clear when I say I met you today. I know Jenny Berlin, but I was friends with Jane Russell. There's there a big difference, you, you know, with, with all of that. Because out here, everybody's their best friend. I mean, I've had people come up to me and say, so-and-so loves you, he said. You, I said, who? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're his best friend. I said, what's his name? And they give me the name, and they say, aren't you his best friend? I said, never heard of him. <laughs> you know, you've had that
3: happen, come on. I, I, I have, but I'll you know, tell you, um, and getting back to the, what Jimmy asked when, I, as I say, we were much younger. We, what what uh, happened was uh, I was working, consulting for Alan Klein. I mentioned he represented the Beatles and Rolling Stones. And they asked me to be, quote, an expert witness at a trial because the Beatles did not want to re-release Let It Be, their last movie. They had gotten very bad reviews in London and England, but they hadn't gotten bad ones in America. But they were mixed Uh and they, they said the film was worthless. Now, I, I couldn't testify that a film with the last film where they sing songs like Let It Be was worthless. I had to say it was really worth a lot. And sure. uh, that's what I was there for. And he won the case not because of me, because it was obvious that anybody would know there was value in that movie. What was interesting about it, and this is totally self-serving, so forgive me. But it's the truth. Don't he, go for it. I was sitting outside. I was not allowed in the courtroom to watch the proceedings. I don't know if that was the lawyers or the judge, but I wasn't allowed. Alan came running out, and he said, we're going to win. We're going to win. I said, why? I don't have to testify? He said, of course you have to testify. I said, well, why? He said, they asked the Beatles expert witness, do you know a guy named Julian Schlossberg? And he said... He's the most knowledgeable man in the film business. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> that is good. How much did you pay him? How much did you share him? Ron, I'm still paying to this <laughs> day. <kid.
2: laughs> I love you. See that New York humor. Out here, they're all dead. Or they're stoned. <laughs> you know, you could crack a joke out here, they don't get it. They yeah. really don't have the humor that, especially Jews from Brooklyn. The best Duke, the best comedians are Jews from Brooklyn. You know that. Every, no question. Name, name them. Name every single great comedian was a Jew from Brooklyn.
3: Except only, about, only one. We may not consider him great, but he was huge, Bob Hope. Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But
2: Bob, Bob Hope wasn't Jewish. Right, that's what he's saying. Oh, he was but, yeah. he said, but you said all the but great comedians Yeah, But, he's the, he, a great but comedian. Bob Hope didn't have the humor that we New Yorkers have. It's totally, to
3: totally different. You're absolutely right. We and Danny, Danny, Thomas, Danny Thomas was another. He was from Toledo. Uh, but again, he, he he was a great storyteller, more than a stand-up comic.
2: Eddie Cantor, Milton Berle, uh Woody Allen. Woody Allen. Jesus Christ. John Rickles. Joan Rivers. Uh, Don Rickles. Joan That's Rivers. somebody I met
1: before. I met Don Rickles. and
2: jo- I knew Joan Rivers well. That's one of the happy days of my being out in California was meeting her. I knew Debbie Reynolds well. And as I said this before, we were doing a thing. At, uh, De- uh, Joan Rivers was doing jokes at the comedy club and she invited all of us there private night. To see her jokes. If we liked them, we wrote them down. If not, we didn't. Now we're leaving. And Debbie said, Ron, I got to talk to you for a couple of minutes. Come in the limo with me. Well, I get in the limo. Joan Rivers is sitting there. I'm in between Joan Rivers and Debbie Reynolds. Well, there must have been 3000 fucks flying. The language that jo- I said, where's the camera? I have an, an Emmy award winning performance with these two broads. They didn't stop they did not stop one fed the other fed the other and they didn't even listen to each other they both spoke at the same time <laughs> julian i'm telling you it was the highlight of living in california That was
3: working. But you know you know i'm sure you know you both probably know this but debbie was a sensational mimic sensational oh, she, she did, did marilyn monroe she did everybody you no,
2: she 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 Gabor, Gabor was exactly like jaja
3: I mean, you really would close your eyes and she could really do that. So it's amazing. I've I've always been amazed by the talented people in our business who so often end up, you find out they're great painters or terrific piano players. For example, Jack Lemmon was a top piano player, put himself through Harvard that way. Warren Beatty could really play the piano. We know he played other things, but he certainly could play the piano. And, you know... Van Johnson and Gene Hacklin are oh, you know? I knew Van Johnson. I knew Van
2: Johnson and his love.
3: All right, there's our first one.
2: Okay, yeah. wait a minute. Did you know
3: Joseph,
2: his doctor who lived in the building? <laughs> his doctor.
3: His, his, his doctor. Was- like the, I, Ron, I love the fact that you know proctologists and doctors. And <laughs> your- <laughs> this is great. Listen, all the jewels stick together. What can I tell you? None of them are
2: contractors. All right? Listen, so Van Johnson lived in the building uh, of four, 402 because they said four out of two, two out of four are gay. Anyway, he and his lover lived there. And I used to go there for dinner at Joseph's, the doctor who owned the building. And he, did you know Joseph? I forgot his last name. <laughs> no. <laughs> did you know Do, the doctor? Doctor, <laughs> doctor, what's his name? I mean, what, did you know um, Chita Rivera?
3: No. Met her, but I didn't know her. She killed me in, in in Mr. Wonderful. I was about, I don't know, 18, and she came wiggling on, and that was a pretty hot stuff for me.
2: One of the greatest talents of our day is Cheetah Rivera.
3: And Understated. She's still doing it. You know what you guys should get? Who should get? Oh, I've got to get you guys maybe. Nancy Olson is going to be 95, Sunset Boulevard, the Ingenieur. And uh, right. she was married to uh, Alan J. Lerner. And Alan Livingston, you remember Alan Livingston? That name? name is very familiar. Alan Livingston, give me something. I know the name. Capital Records. Capital Records. Yes. He took okay. over it was, it. was on its ass. He brought in Sinatra. He put Sinatra with Nelson Riddle, and the rest was history. Nat King Cole, Peggy Lee. I mean, he took uh, the, and made Capital. The record company when okay. we were growing up. But we got we gotta the stop. name
2: is Beryl Davis. Did you know Beryl Davis? Her
3: husband ran Capitol Records. Well, it must have been before or after Alan because Alan was in charge for many years. For how many years? I don't know. I don't know. Because I'm still working Beryl I'm still Davis
2: playing. was a singer, and her husband, whose name I forgot, was a nick like an initial name. Maybe he didn't run it, but he was a big shot. Up okay, at Capitol. so here's what
1: we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do.
2: You're coming back.
1: Yes. What oh, we're gonna you're do coming you're back. Gonna, I'm gonna, ready.
2: I'm ready. What we're going to do is have you come back uh, I, I after, I'm we, after Ron I'm reads going, the book. I'm going to leave Jimmy for you and make you gay. <laughs> How do you
1: like that? He's got a wife because he told me last night when we were talking. Okay. No. No. I'm
3: not Listen. Ron, I'm not on your team, but I I have a lot of friends. No,
2: no, no, no. After after you meet me in person, you'll leave your wife for me. We'll get married. We'll be happy.
3: I I, I have to confess, my heart is (laughs) fluttering.
2: So
1: what we'll do, Julian,
2: I'll send you
1: you an email, and we'll pick another date and run will read the book. And then, and I won't schedule anybody. We'll keep you on for the whole show, and that way, he, I love that it. way, he can guess all the people that you <laughs> might know for two hours, and uh, it'll oh, be a lot of well, you fun. You know what?
2: What's wonderful about our show? People love it because we drop so many names. Yeah. The audience loves to know inside jokes. You know that they want to know what we think, eat, breathe, and sleep. So that's what you know. We're the number one podcast in the world. We have over five million people watching you right now throughout well, the now, world. Now I'm going to
3: get nervous.
2: No, but wait a minute. And the reason yeah, so. the reason being is that we are who we are and we drop names. See, I always tell everybody when they come on the show, make believe we're in Brooklyn in the projects eating crumb cake, Edelman's crumb cake and coffee and we're just talking, all right? That's what we did. And that's, that's what, what we did. Of us just did. And you are a Sorry, wonderful everybody. guest. Listen wonderful. up you
1: guys, the name of the book is Try Not to Hold it Against Me a Producer's <laughs> Life by Julian Schlossberg. We're gonna have him back in a couple of weeks. I'll and email I will you later. Read, I
2: will read the book, and you know me, folks. I'm honest, so he may not like it, um, some of the stuff I yeah, may right. say. He'll love it. But I'll probably love the book because it's about my people, my time, my my
3: youth. I, and I, I, you can say whatever you want to me, Ron. It would be. i am you
2: love, it. Julian. I, no, I bet you, I you. read that book in, in like a day and a half.
3: I bet you do because there's no chapter more than four or five pages. <laughs> How, how many pages is the book? Oh, that's a lot—about three hundred and thirty. Now he'll read it quick. I can read that fast. All but right. I tell you, what I'd love you guys to read the casting of Sly Fox. That's what I'd okay. love you to read. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right, Julian. Thank you so Julian, much for coming on. We'll talk to you soon. Great. I'll
3: shoot you an email later. You're a delight. Okay, thank you. It Should was a pleasure. I really, more? really enjoyed myself. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you so much, and i You I'll should be in live touch. to be 105, and then after that, kill yourself. And
3: the last voice you hear is mine?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Julian, thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye,
2: Julian. Hey, everybody. What a, what a great guest. What a great guest. I so enjoyed myself today.
1: All right, now we're going to bring on our next guest. Yes. We're going to rock and roll. Hey, Astro, yeah. come on up. Um, go ahead and bring on Curry, Juan. Hello, hello.
4: Gentlemen. <laughs> How are you? I'm well. How are you?
1: We're good. All right. Now that I know I can hear you, now we're going to introduce you. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, the amazingly talented Curry Graham. Hello, and welcome to the show. How what was you, that?
4: What, Ron, what do you got there in your lap? And I got uh, my a little
2: baby, Astro, my love of my life. Beautiful. My we buddy. Have three, we have three rescues. And this is my buddy. He's my best friend. He goes everywhere. <laughs> What what kind of dog is what kind of dog is that? He's a rescue, number one. He's a rescue, and he's poodle, poodle and terrier, half and half.
3: That's And he's seven
2: pounds. pounds. Seven pounds. Sleep in the bed. Yeah, sleeps under my Under my under like our arm. No, he sleeps under my chin. He does. He (laughs) curls up right under my chin. He makes out with me all the time. I'm like I'm like. You know what?
1: He's got gratitude. Yes, it's well, so funny because he didn't want a little dog, right? We had a big dog. We have big dog. All our the, we have a we have I a hundred and...
2: gratitude, not bestiality. <laughs>
1: he has a he has a. We have a hundred thirty pound Brazilian Mastiff, a Mastiff, and then we have a thirty pound English Sheepdog Terrier mix. And he never wanted a little dog, and I yes. wanted a little dog because I had a poodle and it died. So we yeah, went to get a oh, little dog at uh, Coachella. Is a big concert here, and when they had Coachella yeah. going on, they did Puchella. Where you could go and adopt dogs and so i found the dog and i wanted the dog and i had to go get money because they only took cash and then the time i left the dog with him to go to the bank to get money to come back to buy the dog like it wasn't my dog anymore <laughs> it was his
4: <laughs> so well i love
2: that no it's fabulous dogs know the master that truly loves they, they know. do
4: and they i know, made they out they know good out.
2: people they do I, I hug him, I kiss him, I talk to him, I, I educate and him. And his middle name is Rocco, which yeah. is like the- I don't Which know, if you go by the saints, you know- It's the saint uh, of dogs. Saints saint of dogs. So but, anyway,
1: uh, this is Ron Russell, my cool, outrageous yes. man about town co-host. Did you, did
2: you listen to the first guest?
4: I listened to- yeah, I caught the last few minutes of it. Isn't he's, that uh, interesting? Like this, man.
2: That, man, that man is like the royalty of New York. He has worked and knows some of the biggest people in theater. It was so refreshing because we always do Hollywood. So it's nice for our viewers to hear about uh, New York City. And now you're going to hear about,
1: now we're going to hear Curry's Hollywood. Now we're going to hear Hollywood. So say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hey,
4: I started. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. (laughs) I
2: want to ask you one question. How'd you get the name Curry?
4: It's my, it's, it's a Scottish tradition. It's a Scottish name. And the Scottish tradition is if the parents only have a daughter, the daughter has a son and they, they give the maiden name to me. Okay. So my mom was an only child. Her Her name was Shelly Curry. She was an only child, so when I was born, I carry on the, the family name Curry by, by by making it my first name.
2: First name, I got it. It's a nice name, Curry, I like it.
4: Thank you, it's an old Scottish name. That's
2: old- <laughs> and, and you know what, you won't forget it because I've never heard it before. You know, it's funny, I
4: had a, I had a driver one time come to my door. And he knocked on the door and he was probably about 85 years old. And he said, Hello, um, I'm here to drive you to the airport. And he said, I normally don't take fares anymore. I don't do the trips to the airport. But I have to say, you're the only other Curry Graham I've ever known. We <laughs> had the same name. Look at Same name. And it turns out we drive to the airport. It turns out we're related. Like his oh, actually actions, related. We were actually related. His what his are the chances of that? We're from Canada, where I was born.
2: Are like, what are the chances of that ever happening? Like zero. A million to one. It more than so that. Good. More than that. That's so, amazing.
1: So how did you act? So because I, I think that one thing that, so I've always been a big fan of a lot of the stuff that you've done. Some of it isn't probably the stuff that's more popular, but it's the stuff that just always resonates with me. And I think that. I didn't know some of the things that you were in until I had I invited you to come on the show. Um, but, but you don't have a fucking dog on your IMDb. Every actor has some shit that they had to do before they ever got a break. And like, even the stuff you did when you very first started was like top of the line, like major shit. How did you do that?
4: <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I got, I got lucky. I guess I lived a little life before I became an actor. You know, I, I went to, I went to theater school in New York and when I got out, I, I, you know, I spent like four years in Brooklyn doing that's things. Like,
2: that, that's the best education you ever got.
4: You tell me, Prospect Park, Sheepshead Bay, Brighton Beach, Coney Island. I was all in there for about four that's years. So that's the real education. world. It was real world. It was, you know, it was the late 80s. So it was kind of the wild west and um, got a great education and, uh, you know, I, I hadn't acted in a few years, and I did a little show uh, about two guys in a punk rock, in the bathroom of a punk rock nightclub, and some agents saw it, ICM saw it, and some managers, and they were like, let's go.
2: That's good, that's how it happens.
4: And uh, yeah, awesome. I, I started working, and, and I've been, you know, very blessed and lucky.
2: You like, see, my career started with Jimmy. I sleep with the producer, because <laughs> Jimmy's the producer of my movies. <laughs> So I have, I have to sleep with him to get a part in the movie.
4: <laughs> Literally or metaphorically, we all do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so some of the things, just to brag a little for some of the people, uh, for, and for some of the things. So first of all, and I know you're only on nine episodes, but still to this day, I think that Boston Legal was is one of the best written shows ever made, ever. I love attorney <clears throat> shows um and, and i think that was like one of the greatest shows i never missed an episode i've I've probably seen all of them a million times but boston legal nypd blue that was like a huge thing because that was like a yeah. long time ago nypd dude, that's that's huge i love raising the bar again it's all the legal stuff you're in a lot of legal stuff so that, yeah. that's one reason why i like you uh raising the bar phenomenal phenomenal suddenly susan with um oh suddenly soon. suddenly susan brooke with shields. Uh, brooke shields yeah which is another great one. I remember um, that. More currently, uh, Agent Carter, a couple episodes, a bunch of episodes of Murder in the First. And back when I thought I was straight, Kathleen Robinson was like totally like my thing. Uh, so just the fact that you got to work with Kathleen Robertson is so cool. You know what? Uh, my very
4: first movie that I ever did was with Kathleen.
1: Oh, was it really? What was it called? It was called,
4: uh, I don't know what the final title was, but it was Survive the Night. And it was it was like some cable movie, and I was the bad guy, and she was she was the ingenue, and and I think she ended up killing me. But that's where I first met her. And then we flash forward; we end up doing a series together for Botchko.
1: And I think that she is so cool. everybody everybody doesn't know who she is, she was also like on Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero.
4: For a- oh, when I would, when I did that my first movie with her, I had such a huge crush on her.
1: Oh yeah, she was. She's just freaking awesome. She
4: was beautiful, and and she was talented, and smart, and and a lovely human being.
1: So, so you also uh, have a lot of great b- movies with a lot of cool people, and I'm going to bring one of them up because we're actually trying to get one of the people in it to be in Ron's movie. It's called Money for Nothing with James Gandolfini, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Debbie Mazar. Debbie <laughs> which Mazar. Which we're working on. John Cusack, Michael with, Madsen, with, you and you Madsen Benicio all, del all Toro. Tool.
2: You worked with Debbie. I did. How is she to work with? I loved her. I thought she was beautiful and talented and funny as hell. But she's easy to work
4: with. Very easy to work with.
2: Yeah, because we're considering her to be the lead in my movie.
4: She, she's, I don't know what your movie is, but just in she terms plays, of- She
2: plays a Jewish housewife, 1943, who's a bookie. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote it for her. <laughs> Actually, he wrote it for Laney Kazan, but like-
1: Laney's think- not able- so probably for her, yes. She I I would be, be, a,
4: she'd be really good. She's she's super nice and, and professional and talented. I think you'd I think you'd be happy.
1: We also have a a big fan base of um Horror movie people who watch the show. Ron's in a lot of horror movies, and that's how I actually started this show fifteen years ago. <laughs> I started it out because he I was,
2: chuckled. I was he a horror. I know, but I was. I'm gonna kill. Him I was I no. I was a horror movie. <laughs> I was a horror. I'm a horror movie fan. When what I started, was your? What right, what, let me stop. No, I gotta get him. What was your name again? Flurry was it? Was it <laughs> Flurry? Furry. No. It's furry, not a great movie. Furry. Okay, he chuckled when he heard horror. Movies. I know because because when
1: I started this show uh, back in like fifteen years too. ago, the whole purpose was to to start it out as horror. Everybody was you're very uh,
2: handsome when everybody. you smile. You know when you smile, Thank you. You're very handsome. So so you did. So happy, this, you
1: did, idiot. Show, you did Cabin, Cabin Fever three. I'm actually really good friends with Serena Vincent, so she was the star of the first Cabin Fever. Cabin okay. 4, Fever three, Patient Zero. Maybe like it was just a time. You know when the roles weren't coming in, and you just took it. It's not the greatest movie, but it's a cool horror movie anyway. And the fact that it's almost like the only thing on your resume that's actually like a horror movie—that's not like a thriller. You do. You know, th-
4: that's why. That's why I took it. I'd never yeah. done a horror movie. It just came to me. Uh, mm-hmm. It was shooting the Dominican Republic for like a month and a half or something, and I was like, you know what? I'll go to the Dominican. And I knew Sean Austin, uh, Sean Aston was going to do it. Yes. And I, and I like Sean. He's a good dude. And so I'm like, if he's going to do it, we'll go to Dominican. We're going to have a great time. And it was. We shot in some cave in the middle of downtown. It was super cool. We, we, awesome. up. we, had, we had a hurricane. There was a giant hurricane flooded everything out. Yes. They were going to evacuate <laughs> us. And then they weren't going to evacuate us. And our base camp was like four feet of water. And people were going to walk in. But they were like, no, there's electricity. It was, it was, it was mayhem.
2: OK, Curry. Not so you're sure. still laughing, right? My first movie was with Sophia Loren and Tab Hunter. Okay. I was 19 wow. years old. My career has only escalated since then. I just finished doing Clown Motel 2. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Let me ask you a question, Ron. <laughs> Were there
1: clowns? Yes, there's clowns.
4: <laughs> oh, oh, there you go. Hey, you know who's a great c- clown? Have you <laughs> ever heard of Puddles?
1: Yes. Oh, sure. Puddles Pity Party.
4: Puddles. Yeah, I just uh, my buddy just went to see a show and he sent me uh, a, a a little clip of Puddles singing some song. I forget what it was, but it was amazing. That dude is so talented.
1: It was on America's Got Talent. That's how he got his like kind of like everybody started to know who he is. And I've seen uh, I've seen uh, all of his videos on America's Got Talent and he puts out a new video like every week on YouTube. He's, he's cool. crazy talented, that guy. Yeah, he's crazy talented. And it's a lot of fun. So so basically, you do lawyer shows. You did one horror movie, and also you're doing. You've done some cool outer like Ron likes all the alien shit. Oh yeah, oh, you know like. I'm uh,
2: dying to beat an alien movie.
1: Like I just saw that you did a movie called The Eleventh Green. We live in Palm Springs, so I saw the trailer for it, and this gets all in Palm Springs. I mean, the trail. Did you actually film the whole movie here?
4: Yeah, we filmed it all in Palm Springs. Yeah, in in some house. Was it Palm Springs?
2: I know they showed the cram in the desert. And what was it about? Was it about gay Martians?
4: <laughs> no, but who says the Martians weren't gay? We never, we never got into their. <laughs>
2: because if they're Martians,
4: orientation, Ron.
2: No, but if they're Martians that came to Palm Springs, they have to be gay, and they heard about the clubs.
4: I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm sure they were, but it was me and Campbell Scott, and and if there had been gay Martians, we would have been cool, man. I like it love been, it. you know what? It would have been a better
1: party. <laughs> they dressed better Yeah, they would have dressed better Where do you actually live? Do you live in California? Yeah, I live in L.A. Okay, so I we do. go to L.A. a lot, but we're in Palm Springs Palm Springs actually. is awesome Yeah, it's fun, it's a little hot
2: And Ron misses yeah. the East
1: Coast you know, He's, oh, a, he's a New I Yorker, ever. so he misses the East Coast Now, which
2: one,
4: are
1: you
2: both from Brooklyn?
1: Don't no, I'm
2: from Brooklyn He's from, from Florida. Florida He's from Palm Beach, the island He's a big snob <laughs> I came from the projects of, of Brooklyn with the where, where
4: whereabouts, Ron?
2: Red Hook Projects.
4: Oh shit, yeah, that's nice, Tello.
2: Well it was yeah, a, now. A, in nineteen forty it was beautiful. It was a it was a new concept. You know, it was all parks and big swimming pools. It was a luxury place to live in nineteen forty. Then it declined and became a slum and a horrible place to live. And now maybe it's regentrified itself. I don't know. Ron's the, gonna be yeah, 83. Yes, it's not it's eighty
4: three. He's going to be
2: 83 next month. Yeah, I'll be 83.
4: Oh, wow. You look great, dude.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's no. they, blurred, they blurred me out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: they, they,
4: right. Nice I soft lighting. No, he
1: always looks good. He's, uh, he I, looks I, very good. I always good. tell
4: DPs, whenever I go to shoot, I always tell DPs, light me like a woman. Yes, that's light good. Light me like a pretty girl.
2: Right. <laughs> it's, not, it's all about the lighting. There's no question about it.
1: So do you so like doing like so TV better? You like what? Do you do like better TV or movies, or you don't care as long as
2: it's cool? Oh, I I, I TV. <laughs> I,
4: I really I, I have to say I really like TV. I really enjoy the pace of it. You do. I, I like, you I, do? Yeah, do.
1: Are you kidding? You don't me? have any trouble memorizing lines, though, right?
4: No, I don't. Okay. And I you don't. don't. I work hard. I
2: don't. Like I work. That, hard. You like that quick, quick on off, dude? Da, 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 da. I also
4: like the the ability to explore uh characters and stories. In more depth, right? How's
2: that? So well, How do we're do doing that? ten
4: episodes. If you're going to do ten episodes, or like in the old days, we'd do twenty. You get to really explore a character. You get to spend more time with this character. And you really get to understand them, and you get to you get to sort of predict what they're about to do. You you know them so well. It's like when I was doing network television, people would greet me like like they knew me because I'm in their house every week. That's right. And they spent so much time with me. That they felt like we were buddies, and and I I liked that. I, I worked with Spader a lot and uh, on 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 Boston Legal, and he used Legal, to yeah. talk about that too. That he really enjoyed doing television because he liked the pace and he liked the storytelling.
2: I oh did God. I did TV. I hated the pace. I I, I, I like the stage. To me, is really where it's at. If if you want to not make money and you want to be an actor, of course.
4: <laughs> Which is exactly what I aspired to do, was to not make money.
2: <laughs> you know And be, that.
4: And be an artiste.
2: Yes. Yeah, so actually, I mean, the age pays nothing. Still, I mean, Brad Pitt gets $15 million a movie. If he went on the boards, he'd lucky he'd get 5000 a week. <laughs>
4: yeah. he, he, actually, he'd get paid. I've seen that are celebs.
2: Oh, you get paid. Oh, yeah. More?
1: They get, oh, absolutely. Yeah. If
2: they're you a big star, so they
1: celeb- they
4: get the celebs that I know personally that have gone on and done, and done live theater, they got paid.
2: But they don't make 15 million like a movie. No,
4: they don't make 15 million, but they're not making 5K a week. Maybe 5K a week and per diem.
1: There you go. I'll take it. So I, I think that I, I like all, I like all I don't like do, I don't do theater anyway. So I'm not an actor. I'm behind the scenes. I'm the producer anyway. So I, and I <clears throat> I told you I, I, I sleep like my place with him there. to
2: get my work. Uh,
1: and I like be, <laughs> I, I like being there. But I like all the stuff. It's funny because what actually made me think to 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 look for you on social media is we watched the accidental witness. Uh, it's on Tubi or someplace with Natasha Wagner. Yep. And I yep. thought, oh, there's Curry Graham. I love Curry Graham. I wonder what he's, like, doing, you know. Now
2: I know who he is. Okay, and, uh, I got it all. And And
1: that was, like, for, like, a made-for-TV or, I don't know, Lifetime or whatever that was. That's a pretty fun film to watch. You know, you're, like, good in it. She's good in it. I've and have was a lot were, of fun. I've
2: seen you around. I've seen you around. He's been in everything. Yeah, he's I've got seen so him. Many yeah, things. you've been nice around.
1: Desperate Housewives. Yeah, every yeah, ma- yeah, yeah, but the yeah. The thing that's fun about you, you is that just you're every major every major TV show. If you didn't do one episode – you're, like, a main character in, like, some of the biggest shows that have ever come out. One of my favorites, because, like, we're friends with John Berriman, is Arrow. You know, he's on Arrow. He's the dark archer on Arrow. And yeah, I'm yeah, a yeah. superhero person. He lives right down the street from us here.
2: Yeah,
4: <laughs> my friend was the showrunner, uh, creator of that. Okay. Are you, know, great show. are you
2: friends with John?
4: Do you know I'm John- friends with Mark Guggenheim, who was the showrunner. of uh, the TV show. Yeah. I like he ran show.
2: John is a character. He is the funniest guy in the world. Crazy. Funny. So who are, who are some of the like what are some
1: of your more favorite things that you've actually done? Like the things that you like? I know what everybody else, like a lot of other people mm-hmm. like, but what are some of the things that you've had the best most fun doing?
4: Well, I have to say, I just I just finished 1923 mm-hmm. uh, with Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren. And and I had... mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes sir. I'm joking. Helen Mirren. Oh, you worked with her?
4: Yeah, no, I didn't work with her. We were just done the same show. I've done two. Oh, I done a movie with her and a, a her. show with her, and never met her.
1: I would
2: kill you. Are they going to bring you back for, again? No, you? I would, no, I, I would. Good. I would kill you to get you part to work with her.
4: <laughs> I mean, uh, from every I did, I did this movie. A little, I did a little role in this thing called Hitchcock, and a lot of it got cut out with uh, with Tony Hopkins and Helen Mirren. And I got to work with Tony, and he was. Just,
2: oh, what does she like to work with? She's great. She's a love lovely him. woman, really down to earth. It's funny, the most
4: talented people that I've met are some of the coolest people. Absolutely. Actually, they, don't a, they don't have a lot of baggage.
1: Actually, like Harrison hits. Ford. Right, but I
4: started on 1923. I walked on said He was the first person to greet me.
2: Oh, wow. Harrison Ford. Harrison, I'm. I, Listen, I was walking in Manhattan with my daughter, Deirdre. She was young. And we passed a pet store where they were filming one of Harrison's movies. And one of the guys was yelling at the kids not to look at the dogs in the window. They weren't shooting. Harrison was standing there. So I walked over to him. I said, Harrison, let the kids watch the friggin' dogs. What's the big deal? You're not shooting. He said, you're right. Just a minute. He went over and told the guy, let the kids do it. And they did. He's, That's a, him. Regular, he's a regular Joe. He,
1: that's, actually, that's him. That's in the exactly chat room, you actually asking how it was to work with him. I you like how Har- Harrison's a,
2: a regular Joe. If you know that expression from my day, a regular Joe means like a G.I. Joe, a real good oh, guy. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, He was
4: super funny. Tall,
2: tall and handsome. Well, he, very, yeah, he's pretty tall. He's, he's charming
4: as hell. He's very, very cool, cool. humble. He's very gracious. Um, soft-spoken, very soft-spoken. Very soft-spoken, but really like incredibly funny way funnier than i thought he would be
1: we actually had on the show from from uh, hitchcock we've had richard now, ralph macchio and spencer garrett on the show oh and, spencer's
4: uh, a friend of mine yeah and,
1: uh, so they've all been on the show and and uh and ron was really f- was friends with tippy his f- is friends i'm with still Tippi friends Henry. with tippy i seen her in a did while. a pilot with tippy uh, I- uh, what pilot did you do
4: Oh, I don't remember. It was a pilot we shot in New York. Uh, it was sort of an upstairs downstairs thing about nannies and rich people. It all took place in the same building. Uh, Tippy was in it. Um, it was we had a, just a stacked cast. It was it was amazing. I
2: have to have she's you do one a- of my favorite people, and I'm sorry to say that she's not really feeling well because she had a surgery, and due to the the stuff that they knock you out with, you know, to put you to sleep, sure. it, it damaged her memory a bit.
4: Oh, uh, that's too bad, because she was lovely. Yeah. But that's she's fabulous. still
2: lovely. I mean, I saw her a couple of years ago, and she was wonderful. Do me a quick favor. I love her have
1: here. We have a, uh, a fan in the chat room. Her name is Don Hinton. Just say Dawn. Just say hi to Don. She's like, hey, she's Dawn, like, how are you? Where are you, where are you going going from? Bakersfield. She lives in Bakersfield. Bakersfield, Bakersfield, California, California baby. She's saying she loves the hat you wear on the show and how – and she's the one asking me all the questions about working with Harrison Ford and everybody, so I think it's like a lot of, of fun. Yeah, um, it, was, it was
4: a great set. I got to – it was funny, a funny story. You know, Timothy Dalton's on that show as well. Yes. Who? And Timothy uh, Dalton. Dalton and I worked oh, Timothy Dalton? a
2: lot with him. What's going and on with him? What's doing with Timothy Dalton? He's on this mm-hmm. show. No, but what he's, happened? On, he's on
4: 1923. He, you know, he's working all the time. He, he's he's – he's,
2: he's, he's been a, around he's, forever.
4: He's, he's such a talent and such a lovely guy. We had dinner every night. Good. And, and it was funny because I was telling a buddy of mine, I was working with 007 in the morning and <laughs> in Indiana Jones in the afternoon.
1: Yeah, That's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I feel so it's sorry it's for you. Up,
4: you look at these two characters, and you go, oh, "Holy so- shit!" And then you end up working with them. It was, it was really, it was, it was really a special moment. What
2: a bummer, isn't it? I feel so sorry. I'll <laughs> just smack, smack you all over the room, your room. I could just smack you from pillar to post. You know what? After
4: living in I'm Brooklyn,
2: thing, you. I'm so sorry. I don't
4: think you could smack me harder than my mom did. So <laughs> trust you
2: know. me, trust me that you're bitching about. Me. Oh excuse me! <laughs> Look at the two so I have a question.
1: Show. Another oh, question. Oh, oh, oh. So you also uh, a show that we like a lot. Um, Which one? Uh, and you only did an episode of it, but I just want to know how was it? Like the marvelous Miss Maisel? Because
4: he uh, loves that show. I love that
2: show. Uh,
4: that, that was, um, you know, the, the attention to detail. That feels shows like a that feel that that show feels like a musical.
2: Yeah, no music. Yes. That's, yes. A theater. It's stage. That's what it's it feels like. Theater. It feels
4: like I was dropped into this musical, but there's no music, and yeah. and it's the 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 writing and the the acting and the talent the people. It's 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 really special, and they really, I mean, they really pour their heart and soul into that show. It's
2: every, a great show. It shows. It
4: shows. It's a great every show. Every detail. Every move. Every motion. Every camera. And every show, One
2: of my. It's my. Up there with my favorite shows. I don't have too many favorite shows. Most I watch, you know. I have to watch everybody's movie. So Jimmy and I watch two movies a night every single night. Wow! And some nights unless go to, to an event, we have to because these are people that we he represents or we work I'm a with. you know, know and I work. I work with all these people. I mean, they're in my film. I mean, they're you know how it is your buddies in the film. You watch it at a courtesy, and it's garbage, especially the horror movies that I'm in. They're also bad. <laughs> Which is my next question to you?
1: Because you've done a little bit of everything. You've done some stuff that's not super, you know, high budget. Up to all the way where you got like Pompeii, which I don't know what the budget was, but it's like a huge, huge, $100, huge, $100, 100 million dollars. 100. So, so like, For how what? he he did a movie called Pompeii. I saw that.
4: The I marvelous saw kid Harrington.
2: Who who were you in Pompeii?
4: I was I was the um, my name I was uh, Bellator. Was, uh, I love that movie.
2: Did, did you? Yes, it's about Pompeii. Oh, that's so it's nice. Because so
4: many people stop me on the street and tell me how much they didn't like it.
2: No, it was they, a good it, it, movie. because they don't
1: understand Pompeii. That's what. no, it was good. And Kit Harrington, come on, he's like a superstar too. I mean, it has Pompeii, such a good...
2: has Pompeii has one of the most wonderful histories of all history. Pompeii yeah, and yeah. Egypt, Ross, Jeremy, Pompeii and Egypt are Sutherland. leading in history. And Kit, anything Kit Harrington moving... and
4: I became really good friends on that. We we're still close, we still talk, and um
2: just what as did, an observer, like just, about
4: just objectively, it? he has beautiful hair.
2: Oh yeah, that's, that's oh, all I'm saying. Yeah. Yes. What did, what did people dislike about that film?
4: Oh, they didn't think it was believable. They didn't.
1: Oh, think I think it was, they tried. Oh, I people tried comparing it to Troy, the Brad Pitt movie. I think. Oh, that was a dog. And that was uh, a dog. I thought, Pompeii was, I more thought fun. Pompeii
2: was better. And everybody <laughs> in it did a great job. Don't forget, it's a history that nobody knows anything about. It's all assumed. It's, it's true. Not and the book. You know
4: what? I don't care. As long as people like people are like, oh, I hated you in the movie, you're an asshole. I go, good. As long as you felt something, I don't care if you liked it or
2: not. No, let me take it. And I'm a good critic. The best time. <laughs> we'll have to watch it again. I'm a very good critic. It was a good movie. And if and it- I had a great time. If you were in it, you did a good job because I didn't find anybody in it that should have been fired. Yeah,
1: you also have a movie called "Born a Champion," which uh, he won't watch because he doesn't like those kind of movies. But, Boxing, uh, yeah, it's like no. an MMA. But, but like, is that actually out that we could see it? Because I'd actually like to see it.
4: I think it's out. I haven't. I haven't followed. I. I, I got. I got a call to come. To and it was. Um, oh, I can't remember the guy. Okay. The
1: That's
2: a dog barking. Somebody's walking in front of the You know, W. Fields said, never work with children or
1: dogs.
4: (laughs) The dog is doing his job.
1: Yes, he's protecting us. He's he's protecting us. He's seven pounds, so he's not going to do too much, but nobody will ever come near us.
2: I'm still upset about Pompeii. You know, there's such shit on television that they rave about garbage hideous crap with a message everything has a message today do this do that say this say that don't say this don't say that go out with this one don't go out with that one i mean it's nonsense so you get something like pompeii that's a historical story and and the stupid people don't have the intellect to understand the movie
4: and sometimes it's just it's about fun right yes is the movie entertaining and fun or is it not
1: Actually everything should be fun, like really, realistically. Well, Unless it's a like a I don't know, like a heavy the, duty. The, the, drama, the, the, C- or the
2: CGI could have been better, but the budget probably wasn't that great. Hundred million. hundred million? They could have done better CGI. <laughs> on the on the Vesuvius exploding could have been better. But it was okay. <laughs> but it was, it was fun. It was passable. So what so uh Oh, now
1: you made me lose my train of thought. So, no, that's what I want to know. Okay, so you've done the $100 million and you've done the low budget. Like, how is that for you, the difference? Like, mostly, so I'm an independent producer. So, basically, we, uh, you know, I don't do mil- – I, I do movies like in the $1 to $6 million range primarily um, is what I produce. So, I've never done $100 million movies. I did the costume- my name goes over the title. Uh, I did a costume <laughs> – I did the costume design for Too Fast, Too Furious. So, I've worked on big, build- big films before, but I've never uh, – produced a hundred million dollar movie, but like, how, how is that for you? Like comparably stinking. Is it a bit, uh, is there a huge difference for you in doing the hundred million dollar film and doing the two million dollar film?
4: No, cause it, my process is my process and, and um I, I, I love to perform. I love to act and I love to, to have an opportunity to interpret characters. Exactly. And so for me, it's, world it's, it's world not world about the budget or how fancy my trailer is or whether my clothes are handmade or rented um, for me, it's really about trying to uh, and cool. create a character that people identify with that makes them feel something. And I'll tell you, man, my Nirvana happens between action and cut. Okay. That's my, that's my happy place between action and cut. Everything disappears. Life is gone. And I'm just there in this world. And I get 30 seconds, a minute, two, three minutes
1: of just bliss. It, it, it's my happy place. I love it. So so one of my favorite questions to ask uh, actors who come on the show, um, like a bucket list. And for you, it's got to be unusual because you've already worked with the biggest stars on the planet. Uh, but bucket list, male and female, if uh, anybody that you would love to work with that you haven't had an opportunity to work with yet. And then the second half of the question would be, um, if you could have ever been in any movie that's ever been made, what movie would you have liked to have been in? And the, and the bucket list, it could be somebody living or dead. They don't even have to be alive. Because it's just a somebody Living or dead, my
4: bucket list, huh? That's a big one. I'm going to circle back on that. Um, a movie that I would have liked to have been in.
2: Oh, well, your favorite movie.
4: I don't know. Like, I guess, I um, guess. Uh, I loved Ben-Hur when I was a kid.
1: Mm-hmm. I
4: thought it was an amazing movie. Uh, I, I loved um, uh, Peter O'Toole in... Um,
2: Lawrence of Arabia. My that movie.
4: When I wow. saw that man's face on screen in a close-up looking out over the dunes with those piercing blue eyes, I thought, well, I'd love to work with that guy. Whatever he's doing, whatever he's got going on behind that face, behind those eyes... I would love to be involved with that. I would really well, love Omar to. my
2: Sharif looked fabulous too. Two gorgeous guys on that screen. It was a wonderful like, movie, wonderful so soundtrack.
4: They have that, that's, they had that special thing, you know, oh, where, where you look at someone. I remember working with Philip Seymour Hoffman and we were shooting a scene and and neither of us had lines in this scene, but uh, somebody pulled out a wad of cash that they weren't supposed to have. And I remember Philip Seymour's reaction nonverbal reaction to seeing this wad of money during the scene. And I thought, he's got that special thing. Yes. There was a special there was a special spark. It's
2: called acting. It's called acting. Something that stardom. stardom some, something. No, it's, <laughs> called, it's really called acting because a lot of people don't know how to act. I work with a lot of people that I get very upset with because some of the shitty movies that I'm in, they hire anybody that's got 5000 bucks to get in a the film. They've never acted a day in their life. They just gave the producer 5000 and suddenly you have to do lines with them, and they're cardboard. Now, you know as well as I do, an actor feeds you. We feed each other. If we don't feed each other, the scene blows, okay? It's a dead scene. What am I talking about? I lost my whole brain. Anyway... Working with actors, yeah, it's called acting. I like working with actors. I probably would like working with you because I think you're going to be a good actor from what I've seen. Um, But working with a a great actor, no, 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 I (laughs) I wouldn't say great because I've never worked with him. When the people I could say are great that I've worked with, I forgot who they are, but anyway, (laughs) (laughs) nothing like his. No, there are a few. Like you that. know, Tab Hunter was a very good actor in spite of the fact they said he couldn't act his way out of a paper bill. He
1: doesn't like people who read lines. No. You know, and that's what you get in a lot of the lower budget stuff. Oh, going, that they back,
2: going back to what you said with the wad of money. I tell everybody, when you deliver a line, don't just do this. And now you have very nice eyeglasses. I wish I had your eyeglasses. That's not how you do it. You do this. You have very nice eyelashes. You know, I wish I had your eyelashes, because uh-huh. hands tell a story, and I'm sure that's what he did when he saw the wad of money. He told a story. He did with his face. That's called acting.
1: So, did you always want to be an actor? Because you said you started late, but like, but you did I don't go. No,
4: man. I, I I was supposed to. I I had aspirations to be a doctor. I was. I okay. was. You know, my, my, my I come from a very um, academic family. My background. My father was superintendent of education. He wrote math textbooks. You know, I was valedictorian oh. in my school. I was sort of on that path of academia, and you know, I thought probably medicine. And you know, my my drama teacher. Uh, I played a lot of sports in high school, so I thought my senior year, I thought you know what, I'm going to take drama because it sounds easy, and I can sleep and relax before I go play games. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's right. really what I thought. And I was in the beanbag chairs and I was like, they're doing stuff. And I st- something sparked. <laughs> and when I went down to a medical to, to do an orientation at medical school, my drama teacher called my dad and said, he shouldn't be a doctor. He should be an actor. And My dad passed on the message. He said, listen, if that's something you want to do, that's on you. And uh, I just made it happen. I made I like the phone. Fall- I took the bus from Canada, from my little town, a town of 1,100 people in Canada, to New York City. I did the audition. I took the bus home, and I got in.
2: Where are you from from in Canada? A
4: little town in eastern Ontario called Cardinal, Cardinal, Ontario.
2: My ex-wife was from Ontario. A lot lot of Dutch people up there.
1: Do you know Steve Basic? B-A-C-I-C, no, he's a, he's a, a I don't cool know why I even bothered Canada. making
2: that point about my ex-wife, I hated her <laughs> <laughs> Is she
1: still cool in Canada?
2: No, she's no, dead, she's, dead. <laughs> she, she's, she's dust She's upstate New York in the, in the fields, she's dust <laughs> well, she's I, so I'm, I'm
4: sorry, but I don't know that well, you no,
2: know don't, don't be sorry. She was a wicked woman.
1: So, what did you play in high school? What what kind of sports did you play? Uh,
4: I was I was kind of uh, you know I played basketball. I played soccer. I played football. Uh, I did track. Uh, I, I did all that stuff. I just I, I, loved it. I really wanted to go to 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 university on a basketball scholarship.
1: You're tall, right? How tall are you? I'm six three. Yeah, you're pretty oh, tall. You're tall.
4: But um, I don't think my basketball talent was as good in reality as it was in my mind.
1: Right. That's how I was with tennis. I didn't know I did get a tennis scholarship. But did you I, really? Yeah, but I was thinking I was going to be a tennis, like, you know, Bjorn Borg or Jimmy Connors or something back in the day. And I wasn't, yeah, right, right. I wasn't that good. No, but he, I was good enough to play college. He got, yes. a, he
2: got a tennis uh, scholarship. When I was in school, I got um, thrown out. <laughs> At 16, they said, you're going to some kind of a concentration camp school. So hang on. We have two minutes. So we're we're of No, seriously. And I said, you know what? I have no intention of ever doing math. I, I could care less about anything. I'm an actor. Real quick. And I'm on, going to be an actor. And I'm going to win an Academy Award. And I'm going to shove it up every one of your asses when I come back to this school. <laughs> oh, I still haven't nice. won the award. And the school well, is still there.
4: <laughs> what, a, what a beautiful story.
2: <laughs> but it's honest. It's true. It's
4: filled with love and grace and zero resentment.
1: Oh, yes. total, total. Total. Just so as You guys can place. follow Curry on Instagram. He's at Curry. Curry or true. Two great Do you have something everybody should go watch right now that you want everybody to see? Obviously, they need to go see 1923 and at least watch your episode. Yeah,
4: there's another show coming out on AMC. I'm not sure when called Parish. Uh, I'm not sure the release date. Hey, of that Parish, way.
2: anything to do with the movie?
4: Uh, parish? No, it's 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 about um, it's Juan Carlo Esposito who oh, plays like a taxi driver who gets involved in some very bad shit.
2: Oh, Okay, the original Parish was about the farms up in north northern California. Anyway, that was so, <laughs> so, how um, about the eleventh green?
1: The eleventh green is it a good movie? Will people will we like it? <clears throat> Uh, I,
4: th- it's, it's an indie film. I think it was really, it was really made for Sundance. I enjoyed it. I think it's kind of cool
1: and yeah, interesting. I think, yeah, I think he'll like it. So you guys, this is Curry. We we wa- wa- wait, wait. When can we watch it? We can, we gotta, uh, I think it's out now. I is sold it out? I it
4: now, I, I don't, I'm not sure. If, uh, do you do watch that, your own uh,
1: shit? Do you go back and watch I the don't, stuff I the don't. I don't
4: watch a lot of my own shit because I'm writing all the time. I just sold a TV show. So I'm working on that. I'm, I'm i just sold a movie, so I'm still working on that. So when I'm not acting, I'm 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 right in the office you're creating, you're
2: creating. I never watch yeah. I never watch any of the movies I'm in ever because I feel so sorry for me after I do. <laughs> People always really, ask if I watch them. I, I, go like, mourning. I, I go in morning, I go in morning for myself. I've already seen it. Huh? I think that's
1: great. I, I mean, I think it's a lot of fun. So we want to thank you for coming on. Listen, I hope, I think we, meet, I hope we meet
2: one day in L.A. Maybe we'll be on the same carpet, red carpet. Or something. That would be amazing. I It'd want nice. to thank you. We've had two wonderful guests today to make up for our lousy show last week. And I'm happy that you guys came on. You both were terrific. I had a good time. I thank hope you. our audience has, you know, five, yeah, mil- five million, million people have watched this. They right? like
1: love it in the chat room. So. Did you know that five but
4: million? You know million. what? That's a testament to you guys. Because you guys are funny and entertaining and knowledgeable, it, it makes for makes for a, a fun interview, and people relate to that. They, people like yeah,
2: that. But we, some, 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 sometimes they're dogs out there. You want to <laughs> shoot?
4: Yeah, I mean, they're, if, yeah. Not, they're not like you. They're, they're, not, like they're you. not like
2: you. And like Ju- what's his name, Julian? Julian. Right? yes. I mean, who are wonderful guests. I get so excited when we have happy, fun guests, and then when I have the creature features on, I want to scream. So we
1: want to thank you for coming on the show. Yes, and you're we think come you're back. fabulous. And anytime you have anything that you, that you want to promote, let us know. We'll bring you back anytime. You're fabulous. Thank you so much. It's really been a pleasure and an honor. And nice to luck. know you. And we'll see guys. you at the movies and on the TV thank show. Thank you, gentlemen. Much love. Thank
4: much you. Much love. Bye bye. Nice, to, nice to have met you. Nice Yay. to have met you
1: guys. everybody. Thanks so much. Bye, next guys. week we got a great show too. So we'll see you guys next week. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks, Juan. We hope it was a good enjoyed show. I really guests. enjoyed it. We had myself. a great show today. Thank you, room, and we'll see you guys next week.
2: Bye bye. Have a good one.
1: Yeah,
0: we in the mix. Yeah, we in the mix. It's another episode. Here we go. The Jimmy Starr Show with Ron Russell. Interviewing the hottest news that you up to the celebrities. Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly. Jimmy Starr, he's the king cool. Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude. Share room is live and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Starr Show with Ron Russell. So come watch it live on W4CY Radio. Miss some past episodes. Download our hikes. the Jimmy Starr Show with Ron Russell. It's the Jimmy Starr Show with Ron Russell. Oh.